It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Spencer rocks himself into a triple and finally hits. That's a great side for Rutgers. Oh, what a move by Primo Spears. My goodness. That's a three-point play opportunity. The call with some pressure, but playing it cleanly. Spears straight down the lane for an easy two. And this crowd is loving it. Georgetown gets their first Big East win since March of 2021. The 29-game losing streak. The longest in Big East history has come to an end. It really is. You know, I mean, I uh, from time to time, uh, I'll have a request. Hey, would you do that? 100%. I mean, I, I, um, I, of course, love doing it. I'm not going to get in the way. If I'm counterproductive, uh, I certainly won't do it. But my job is to block and tackle for the coaches and to help clear a path for them, hopefully, to be successful. That's Nebraska's athletic director, Trev Alberts. You heard the final call from Georgetown's victory, too. Did they snap a 29-game losing streak, DB? Any idea? I don't know, but if he would have said Hoyas win one more time, I was going to lose my mind. (laughs) I asked you (laughs) off air. I was like, man, how would you like to beat DePaul? And you calmly said, had to be somebody. (laughs) Had to be somebody. (laughs) And, And you followed with, Thank God it wasn't Creighton. Yeah. (laughs) Could you imagine? I told you the town would burn down. My man lost his mind. Yes. And I I get it, right? Like, you know, I get it. Lord knows I get it, right? You you don't get any wins as a head coach, and you're like, what is going on? I'd probably lose my mind, too. But Hoyas win. Hoyas win. <laughs> Hoyas win. And, yes, I'm childish, but I did stop counting. Did you count? It, well, because I said, could you go, do you know how many times he said Hoyas win? I'm like, yeah, about 3,000. You said 20. I'm like, did you count? Like, because you were on well, point here's, when you said here's 20. The, here's the thing, and we talked about this yesterday. Uh <laughs> during the day after, you know, like I had to come back and play catch-up, right? Like Heinz 57 because I'm at a basketball game watching a total meltdown <laughs> at oh the high boy. school level. And I'm like, so you, you, you don't want to miss out, right? So you're going to the library mm-hmm. and you're watching – you're watching sporting events in the middle of the night, and I'm just like, this isn't fun, <laughs> and I'm going to have to sit through this. But I just wanted to know, I'm weird like that. Like, I wanted to know, you know, was Pat cool? Was he like, thank the Lord? I was listening through the broadcast, you know, the 27 times where they alluded to the fact that he is pleasantly surprised that it still comes to com- his team still comes to compete every day. 
Like I remember. How are like, you pleasantly surprised? That like, your team comes and then to he kind of worded it differently. He goes, I don't know about it. Surprised is the word, but they're <laughs> right. coming to work wanting to get better. And I was like, Can I skim? Like sometimes you just mm-hmm. want to hit fast, fast forward. forward. Yeah, you know, just but show me the good stuff. But it's like I'm paranoid, right? Because you want you want to be good at your job, and you don't want, you don't want people to call and say, Did you see or did you hear? And you didn't. And you want to be. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, my silly butt, you know, I follow Jacob Padilla and, and one of my guys uh, I'm gonna, uh, that I know really well in Chicago had a, uh, he always does these weird picks, right? So last night, this was his, this was his, this was his big thing. What does that say right there? Men's tennis. Yep. 25, Shelton, plus four and a half. Yeah. So, coincidentally, Jacob Padilla was enamored with the Aussie Open. Who was he tweeting about? Shelton. I was like, huh, that's weird. Let me flip through and watch some Australian Open. Did Shelton talk about his favorite actress, Drew Barrymore? Or? No, he didn't shoot his shot. <laughs> who was that yesterday? <laughs> uh... uh it's it's Sipsipis or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> as, know how to pronounce his last name. As uh, I can't remember who I used to talk to. They called him Sipsap. Yes. Um, oh, it might have been Severe. <laughs> um, it was somebody. And he shot his shot. Who was the actress? Margot Robbie. Yeah. Or Robbie. <laughs> Robbie. 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 So anyway. You said that about the amount of times Hoyas win. Hoyas win, man. <laughs> so I just was like, ah. Oh, what's Jacob Padilla's affinity with Shelton? Jacob's pretty straight lace. I guarantee he's not playing plus four and a half games. And he also has, every time he tweets something, he has a reason for it. Oh, yeah. So, so like it's I, not like he's just like, oh, Shelton's my so guy. So then I was like hooked. So I have a little, um, in Canada, they used to call them kakeets. I was hoping I didn't have any eye boogers <laughs> from a little lack of sleep. I was rubbing. <laughs> <laughs> rubbing my eyes this morning. I'm like, man, did I really trick off that whole night of sleep? Mad at my dog. But anyway, Shelton covered <laughs> the four games. Four and a half. Who who caps tennis? Who caps tennis? <laughs> okay. What's so funny about that too is I have a buddy that follows tennis. I like, like to. Like I I hope you it's like his tennis. Favorite sport, which I, it isn't. I like tennis. I, well, I enjoy watching tennis, but I can only watch so much of it. Do you know who likes tennis? Um, wrestling Cody. They called the other day. My man is like all in on tennis, so we we go back and forth because I like tennis. I like women's. I like. I typically like women's tennis more than men's tennis, um, especially as of late, but. I, I like watched, seeing the new faces. I like I watched them both. The problem is, is I needed a pronunciation key. I feel like you need that with every sport. Yeah, though, so that so that so that's difficult. But my, seven six six three seven five six four. Do the math. That's plus four. <laughs> I wanted to say to my guy, he's Dino the Greek, and uh, he's kind of nuts, constantly traveling, like he goes to a lot of islands. I'm an island boy. <laughs> Anyway, you spike up your hair a little bit. <laughs> that's that's interesting. By the way, you like seeing the new faces. I think in the, I don't. He does in in I those do. in those three sports. Like like golf, he doesn't like have I, a name. I like seeing Coco Golf play. Yeah, because 
She is the new Serena Williams. Uh, Blasphemer. Watch your mouth. Whoa. But she's not really a new Whoa. face, though. Baby steps. Who, but Serena not, or no, Coco? Coco. She's more of a new face than, like, I, I'm just, Djokovic. I'm, Do you know how old Coco Goff is? Like 20. I'd say less. How old's Coco Goff, DB? Uh, 22, I think. Is she, is she really? Dang it. Now, don't quote was, your boy. Like, I'm not the, the world's authority. Um, I was saying that most people, like, when, in those three sports, golf, tennis, and NASCAR, they don't typically gra- gravitate towards, like, the newer people. They mm-hmm. gravitate towards so, the people that have funny been you around. Say that. She's only 18. 18. I thought so. Funny you say that, Shaner, because with the Corn Ferry Tour and everything right. that happens here in town, covering that, not to say that some of those guys are new golfers because they get their tour card stripped and then they try to get it gotta back work, and go gotta back work, to the gotta tour. Gotta work, gotta work. But I consider those still newer guys when they get back there. When they get back, okay. Right. So whether it's they've had the card before, they lose it, they go back. Well, they're not Tiger Woods who has it every year. Like, need, I, I have an affinity go, for Tiger Woods. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I do too. But I also thoroughly enjoy watching Taylor Montgomery play golf, who's been playing. So you like you like new blood into into the sports. Yeah, I like to. I like I like the underdog. We'll just say that. Not to say Coco Goff's an underdog by any right. means, but what, what about what about an old guy who's missed some time that comes back and I plays like that like too. A young guy. So yeah. you, were you cheering for Latang last night? Chris? Yes. I like Latang. Chris with a K. Why why did you kind of stop there? Yeah. Latang is one of those guys for me, not to go all hockey, since we're just random sports open this morning, you know, women's <laughs> What tennis. else is new? Right. Hoy is when. Uh, <laughs> Latang is one of those guys for me that's hard to rally around. I should like him. I want to like him. He just still one of the best defensemen in all of hockey. Uh, not true defenseman. Probably one of the better two-way guys because he's more offensive-minded. But the devil's sure. in the details. But it was great to see him come back. You know, he had the stroke, and then his father passed away, and. Um, he was pretty complete last night. I like the story. He's pre was pretty. Did you complete. see the story that I that I sent to you yesterday? Did you end up watching it? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, About the, the Crofton kid in Crofton. Yeah. yeah, and I told you you were trying to make me emotional during the show. That's why I turned the video off. <laughs> was I, it during Morning Dump? Is that when we were yeah, talking about that? Yeah, I liked I like those kind of stories. The fluff. No, feel good. It's a different <laughs> also <F>. fluff. <laughs> Wow. Similar things. So, do you know what the kids say now? I caught this last night watch, watching um, Prep and Westside. Bet. Do, do you know what the kids say now? Cap. No. Cap is almost played out. <laughs> I don't know what the kids say. Fifis. Do you know what fifis are? Fifis? Yes. Well, it makes it sound like something that comes out something's back end. Get out of your fifis. That is your... Feels? Your feels. Get out of your fifis? Yeah. All in his fifis. <laughs> Sounds like I'll, something that would get you punched on the right, playground. <laughs> right, right. You, get out of your fifis, DB. So, I mean. Get out of your fifis. Try, so got like, to stay current, man. You're yelling at folks Is on the Is that the, the new stuffed animal at Target? Or? Right, right. <laughs> By the way, I, I, I bypassed having to get another LOL doll yesterday for Zoe, who was supposed to get a surprise after school. I said, oh, that's between you and your mom. 
And then what did your wife say? I, I oh, that's between you and your dad. No, like I think she picked up something. But like it was a, it was a tight schedule, man. It's tight. Had time to be swinging by the store. And you know, once you get into the store, it's like, well, I don't know if I want this one or can I get two? Zoe's (laughs) a lot like her brother. I feel like she could walk into a store and buy 10 things. Extremely particular. She's not just a look and grab kid, which is fine, right? I mean, her old Caleb still has his probably his first Mm -hmm. $10 he's ever received. So (laughs) just doesn't spend it. God, he's, he's a just, saver. He's just weird, man. He drives me crazy sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I I like measured and I like controlled, but sometimes I want to check for his pulse. Like, I don't know a lot of parents that say, man, he's just weird. Well, this recruiting thing <laughs> is driving me up the wall. Speaking of, P.J. Fleck in town today. Yeah, yeah. PJ Fleck will be in town. Vandy Clark Lee. I hope I hope he brings Coach Jackson with him. Uh, he's had some school. K State, KU, Oklahoma was in yesterday. I, it just you know, and I get it. I I know exactly what I signed up for, but it's it's different because I have to ask ask folks to get off my lawn. I feel like I feel like Walt. I feel like this is a Grand Torino moment where. I'm like the old guy now that is super picky, you know, but I try not to interject. Mm -hmm. I just watch and I wait and I see if people are who they say they are. That's it. You're a people watcher. Very much so. So am I. I would have liked to have been, I would have liked to have been at Central Bellevue West last night to watch. Matt Rule? Yeah. Because he he watches for different things than I think we think he watches for. So sometimes I just want to – I just want to – Do you think he goes to those games and analyzes footwork and things uh, like that? I think sometimes. I think he's got a different – he strikes me as the type of guy that probably has a notebook. Hey, I've done my homework. This guy's he's supposed to be this, 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 this. So he'll put that to the side because that's the mm-hmm. obvious. That's the stuff everybody knows. And then he'll probably go look for something different. Right. Hey, man, did he did he shake the seventh guy's hand in line? How was he during warm-ups? Was he fraternizing with the crowd? How much did he look to his parents or guardians? Is he a gamer? Stuff like that. Is he clutch you know? under pressure? I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a very, very inexact science. Why did you sound like Elmer Fudd there? Because uh, Be very quiet. Because on my Fire Stick, I have this thing called TV shows as a segment, and you can watch a lot of old TV shows. And there are 457 cartoons available, and Bugs Bunny is one of them. Do you know what else is? Fat Albert. Did I watch that? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) What you got to say? (laughs) Hey, Mudfoot. Hey, last night Trev Alberts was on. Um, yeah, he's in he's his on the radio. He's in his wheelhouse there, isn't he? He he and Greg Sharp have a have a good back and forth. Yeah, Sharpie's uh, great. He's great, man. Well, you work with him. I, well, I, you know, I didn't. Anyone. I didn't know I was going to like him as much. He, he's a lot different than I think you probably think. He's like way funny. He's super. He's got a little snark to him. Goofiness. It, no, see, that's different. He's not goofy he's very he's very quick 
Got I guess the so word wit. wit. I was just getting ready to say. I guess the word would be wit. He's very witty, and I like that because you can throw him a curveball. What would be a curveball for a lot mm-hmm. of other people? Man, he's going to hit that thing. Well, and they talked a lot about the spring game and we got, trying we got, to we've got a date. Memorial Stadium. The date is set for April twenty second at one p.m. Uh, it, what's really cool is. The collab between FNBO and UNL, they're giving away 3,000 tickets to milita- active military and veterans, um, which is, I mean, any time that you support our troops, uh, I-, I couldn't be more in, more in favor. Under the age of 18, youth under the age of 18 get $1 tickets. Nebraska students get free tickets. Season ticket holders will then purchase tickets on January 31st and then the general public on February 1st. But here's where my mind went with everything, because it's so new. Everything is so new with this season. Memorial Stadium can hold roughly, what is it, 90,000? A little more than 90,000 on some days, depending. Do you know the exact capacity number for the stadium? Uh, It's like 91, maybe. Okay, 91,000. On average, how many people really attend a spring game? Last year, it was 53,000 people. That was the number that was at least shared. But with, with all the incentives, with everything going on, all the new, because people, people like the new, they're itching to see what is stacking up in this program. Can they hit that 90,000? Yeah. I, I think they could do it there's, in like five there, minutes. There's no question. People no. will be chopping at the bits to get tickets. Yeah, and I think, you know, Nebraska fans are super competitive, so I think they would enjoy breaking a record, you know, a spring game attendance record. And – so there's a couple of things at play, right? Coach Rule and his staff have been everywhere across the state. So they're, they're um, making themselves a part of these communities, right? Those are the same communities that will get in the, the vehicles and be there on, on Saturday mornings. There's a reason they say it's the third largest city or second largest city in in Nebraska. Well, I guess it would be second because Lincoln's already mm-hmm. second. And so there's that. And then there's the fact that his Q rating is so high out of the gates. Like, I think people want to see what's going on. That and the fact with so many new faces, um, you kind of want to feel for what's going on. So if nothing else, get yourself a program. <laughs> Right now, it's like it may change after spring pretty quick, but people want to get their hands on a program. So I don't know. I it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. Get that thing signed. <coughs> excuse me. Get that thing signed by Matt Rule, like he did on Bussing with the Boys yesterday but, but, when he signed his Bussing Bowl. Yeah, he had contract. He listen. I, he had a line yesterday or on Bussing with the Boys, and I knew because Compton said something about it after they taped it. So I had a um a, a little bit. Yes, it wasn't live for those people wondering. It just got released at that time. He had a line that was so good, I had to like, you're like, is this real? He said, and I quote, I was not delivered unto this world in defeat, nor does failure (laughs) course in my veins. I'm not a sheep 
waiting to be prodded by my shepherd. I am a lion, and I refuse to talk and walk to sleep with the sheep. I will hear not those who weep and complain. Scripture, in case mm. you're following along. I have uh, my for Bible their, out. For their disease is contagious. Let them join the sheep. The slaughterhouse of failure is not my destiny. I will persist until I succeed. The slaughterhouse is not my destiny. You've heard me say this before. It's not original because it is uh, you get it from Scripture. Lions don't seek the opinions mm-hmm. of sheep. And uh, we have a we have a kind of a, a principal and a and a superintendent that are kind of 80-20 guys that don't get distracted by the 20%. You try to get rid of that 20%. And so I'm I'm always all in about the hunt and the Lions. Almost every Friday game hunt or game gif that I use for our team is something about either Lions or Wolves because they hunt in packs. Occasionally when it's a big game, I'll use Orcas because they're the perfect killing machine. I get a little, I salivate over that a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, how good is that, though? Right? It's, and I, and I go back and I think, I believe, I leave, mm-hmm. I leave almost nothing to chance. I leave very little to chance. And I'm like, again, I don't know if it equates to wins and losses, but one thing I can tell you is conviction is big. When it comes to being able to endure, you have to have some conviction and some resolve. And resolve only comes from conviction because conviction is, that's your ability to stay the course. Do I believe in what I'm saying and isn't the essence of who I am? That's what this team needs. That's what this program needs. You cannot waver in in, in tough times. You You have to have something to rest on and in when that storm picks up that is Mm -hmm. what nebraska has been missing because too often it's just been like well what way is the wind blowing today we're gonna run it today we're gonna throw it today we uh, we, what are we playing today right what do we like against two by two sets today like you know what i mean it's just it's always like like what are they going to be because i think that's really the only way you weather storms is you got to be able to anchor down to something right no and doubt. I, and I, and he just, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. And, again, I don't think it's Kool-Aid because I don't even like Kool-Aid. And I'm typically pretty. He's not telling you what you want to hear. He's telling you what he really yeah. feels, yeah. desires, and, and thinks. I, and he likes, he likes challenges. Uh, I mean, you don't, you don't go to Waco and say, Man, you know what? Hey, this could be all right. Without feeling like it could be all right. Pick Temple. You know what I thought last night when I was listening to that entire thing? It was like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. I felt like I was put into your shoes every day because what he was saying felt like I was texting back and forth with him. (laughs) So that's what I mean when I say like I put myself into your shoes because when you have conversations with them and you relay some some things to me, which is why – it made me think like that. But I felt like I'm really having a conversation with Matt Rule right now. And I hope other people did too. Because that's just who Matt Rule is. That's, the, that's how he delivers his message. And he's, he's 
completely authentic and genuine with everything I, he says and does. It's just crazy. I mean, if he's always going to be that comfortable in his own skin, I think I think he gives that team a chance. Because I think in, in, in real leadership, not only do you want model behavior, you know, but you want whomever you're receiving instruction from, you're like, all right, that's what they're about. That's who they are. And I've used this analogy before, and it's not just because they're in town, but that's one of the reasons Minnesota wins. We don't like what's being said, and we kind of make light of it, but it doesn't matter what we think. It's if, if, it's, if that team believes it, that's 90% of it. A good follow-up to this is our poll question. We'll get to that next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. The progress is going very well. Again, I always want to thank our, the folks working on it, you know, the architects and our construction team. I want to thank, you know, our, our staff. Uh, you know, this is part of this recruiting. I mean, it's been a really, in a sense, stressful time for some of the members of our staff in a sense that we've got this critical opportunity to get some talent in here to help our football program. Not just our football program, but the rest. And so you're starting to see some of the Go Big project take shape. We're taking all the recruits there through there. You know, and one of the big things that Matt is, you know, it's, it's, it's all about recovery and it's about health of our student athletes. And this is the brick and mortar behind that. And it's going to be the premier development facility in the country. And, and uh, it's really helped us in recruiting. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on Twitter, live on YouTube, and live from Hale Varsity Club. Live from the H&H Chevrolet stage, we're powered by Currency. I feel like I just read an entire novel of things I wanted to tell you there, but I wanted to tell you where to go to find us and uh, tell you where we do the, do the thing every day, do the show. So um, happy to have you with us. We'll talk to Brian Christofferson at 8 o'clock today. Uh, he's with Husker247.com. We'll talk to Kevin Suits, 1011 News at 8.30. We'll play two for you to close the show. I'll also give you my thoughts in the next segment. Something that's <laughs> grinding my gears, DB, about the MLB oh. Hall of Fame. And, and, you know, people can probably may, maybe make the correlation just based on looking at what I'm wearing today, um, if you are watching on YouTube. But uh, before we get there, I want to get to our poll question, our poll question of the day. Favorite quote after hearing Matt Rule talking on Bussin' with the Boys. And I took four that I took away from it, and then I wanted to see how people reacted to it. A was, I don't need to move anymore. B, there's reason, there's more reason for that, DB. No need to laugh. <laughs> B, this is taking a program to where they have once been. C, have a good time, get a degree, win a championship, go to the NFL. Or D, the slow burn was last year. So go out, vote on the poll question. That's Hail Varsity Radio on Twitter, where you can find that. And let us know what your thoughts are. What do you think? I don't know. Maybe. When, I, when I say I don't need to move anymore, that's him saying, hey, I, 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 
I was all about progressing toward the most competitive football I could find. And then he realized it's not all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows in that side of the land. So he's securing himself to the area. So knowing that as a fan base, that's why I put that in there. Maybe D. I got to think about that, though. I mean, it's going to provoke some thought. I feel like I better give that a retweet just so I can see what everybody else is thinking. In regards to the whole sheep thing. Well, I could have wrote that all down, but Twitter only gives me like 200 characters or whatever. (laughs) Uh, In regards to Trev Alberts, though, yesterday, which you heard his clip once again uh, coming back from break, something that he said during his interview with Greg Sharp. Do you you have any nicknames for him? Sharpie? Sharpay? Um, Nah, just Sharpie. Sharpie? Yeah. I I think um, I called him G-Sharp like during the broadcast once. Which I felt like I was taking a leap. Because you're a nickname guy, so I was just curious. Yeah, but you, you know, there's a certain level of professionalism, so I got to know that he's cool. <laughs> there's professionalism with that broadcast, but not this one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we, if we tank this, it's just us. <laughs> That's true. Right? Very true. <laughs> if, if, we, if, if, if I'm unprofessional on the other one, it's like, yeah, man, might be looking for somebody else. My, my biggest takeaway, though, from from that interview was when Trev said it, it, it's good to understand history mm-hmm. but still strive for innovation. So understanding history but striving for innovation. And what that made me sit back and think about was, and I'm sure a lot of people thought about this, was Tom Osborne, right? Tennessee you know, whiskey. Didn't just wake up and win national championships. He was an innovator too. He took what Bob Devaney was able to do. And then he, he remembered history. He kept that in the back of his mind, but he still did things his way. He, he was an innovator, too. He didn't get comfortable, didn't get stagnant. His team strived to be the best, and other teams that played Nebraska strived to be Nebraska. But the other name that was brought up there, too, and I'm happy that connection was made, was Rule not only meets with Tom Osborne, he meets with... Frank Solich, too. Oh, you're in my wheelhouse. And let's not forget that Frank Solich, after Devaney, since Devaney, is the second most winning coach at Nebraska. <laughs> I, that gets overlooked sometimes when you talk about T.O. But Frank Solich also knew how to understand history and strive for innovation. It's interesting just because – yeah, you know, I get uh, Frank. Coach Solich is my guy, and uh, he's taught me a ton. Um, kind of the, I don't know if I would necessarily. It's probably more my dad is the the backbone of who I am. But when during those critical years when a lot was going through my mind, right, as I'm reading Joel Renzi talk about Trey Alexander and wanting to go home and you know, quitting and all the guys that came before me that were playing with me that wanted to leave as well at one point or another. Some of the conversations I had with Coach Solich, I felt like um, he's always the yeah, but guy. People talk about him in terms of his reverence and his history in the program. And it's, you know, oh, man, he did this and this, but. Or, 
yeah, it, it, it totally was time to go, but, or it wasn't time to go, but. There's like always some story. And sometimes it's frustrating to me because it's personal and I just want him to be who he is to me. It's not really, it's not, um, it's not rational <laughs> to think like that, right? Because everybody has different vantage points. So, I, And I know it doesn't sound right to say it out loud, but I, it's almost like I just want to protect him. And just because I, I, I think I know what he's about. I think I know the impact. I know I know the impact that he's had on me. And that's the first time I've ever heard, and I was going to text Greg about it, but that's the first time I've ever heard anybody say and 888-638-4876 has there ever been a coach whether it was Callahan or I could ask Bo uh Riley you know Scott maybe Scott I I would assume maybe Scott could would reach out to Frank maybe he did and I don't know I asked him but I've never heard anybody say hey you know what coach Solch is the guy you ought to talk to like that's at least for me, and I've been following this a long time. I've so, of course, I'm re-listening. To, I'm listening to that again. I'm like, so then, of course, I got to dig a little deeper. Well, is this because what? But since Trev has been at the helm, he has really tried to bring Coach Solich back. And I think one of the things that I really, really love about Trev, you're not going to get this anywhere else because I'm not afraid to say this. Trev is one of those guys that understands things. I think he wants to make right and do right. And I think he wants to do right by people. So I know what he went through when he stopped the wrestling program at, at, at Omaha and mm-hmm. the football program and how he feels about how that situation was handled. Could he go back and get it? What would he do different? Like those things, not good leaders because they always want to be better. And I always wonder when I hear how much reverence he has for Coach Solich, it's not only because he was his coach, but I wonder if it has anything to do with what some people hold against him with what he said on ESPN with Mark May when he said Nebraska absolutely needs a change of leadership at the head coaching position. And at that time, the coach was Coach Solich. And just knowing Trev's ability to go back and and retro mm-hmm. and, and, and reflect and in retrospect think, I almost wonder if – because we all have had those moments in our life where you're like, man, I'd like to go get that one back. But that was my job. Oh, man, was I part of this? Or I did this for this person. It wasn't really true to who I was. I always wonder if that if he, like, thinks about that. Because I think he's made such a concerted effort. And it could just be nothing more than great man, man a ton to the program. But I always wonder if he feels like there's a part, just a itty-bitty part of him that maybe owes him one. For some of the sure, maybe it was like guilt, but I don't think he should hold. Like, I I just, I hope he's free of that. Like, I hope he's not carrying that right. burden. Just because real time during that job on that platform on the four letter network, there are a lot of people that thought the way he did. You know what I mean? So I, I I just know what it's like to not be able to like forgive yourself over your own transgressions, right? But I think he's okay. And, and and for Coach Solich, he's he's very complicated. So it's not as easy as just, hey, come on back to Nebraska. We love you open arms because, you know, Coach Solich is a quiet man. He's a prideful man, and he just kind of likes to mind his own business. He loves his family. 
He's trying to take care of his health. There's a lot that goes on there. But I thought it, it got your guy just to hear him say, you know what, that's a guy he ought to talk to because that's who I would call in a heartbeat. You know, if I was on the struggle bus and wanted some perspective. We'll talk more about this in the 8 o'clock hour, but coming up next, uh, call in 888-638-4876. We're talking MLB Hall of Fame. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back to the show. 888-638-4876. If you'd like to get involved, it's Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. And Damon, let me tell you what's on my mind. <laughs> so last night, it wasn't even just night yet. We'll say like mid-afternoon toward into the evening. Scott Rowland was elected into baseball's Hall of Fame. And uh, he just sneaked through the threshold. He had 76.3% of the ballots. You need 75%. So he got eligibility in his sixth year on the ballot. Which is great. I, I, I was happy for him. Started as a Philly. Played most of his prime as a Cardinal. And then back end of his career played for Cincinnati. And he goes down in history as one of the best third basemen to ever play the game. Not only just defensively, because that's where people tend to attribute most of his success to. But he also came up clutch in a lot of different moments offensively. He was fifth in war among third basemen. He had eight gold gloves. That's fourth among corner infielders. And I shouldn't say corner infielders, the third base side of the bag. He was NL Rookie of the Year. He was a World Series champion in 2006 and a seven-time All-Star, which, of course, All-Star voting can be totally uh, based off of fan votes. So I don't want to attribute too much into that. But Scott Rowland made the Hall of Fame. And then, I, instead of seeing congratulatory messages, <laughs> people went straight to... Well, I don't think if Scott, if we're just throwing, bo- or like we're just get, th- handing out candy now, like baseball Hall of Fame is like, hey, oh, you want a Jolly Rancher? Whose voice oh, is that, Drew? Down? Whose voice is that? The general public. <laughs> so I get a text from from Mike Sauter after, like two minutes after. Here we go. Scott Rowland gets into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and he goes, "Well, if Scott Rowland can get in, Mark Grace can get in," and I'm like. Oh my, can we stop? Hang tight. Hang tight. <laughs> this is not a Andrew hates the Chicago Cubs and he's attacking Mark Grace because I think Anthony Rizzo's a phenomenal player. I thought Chris Bryant was a phenomenal pr- player. You're there still all in on Ryan Sandberg? <laughs> still all in. So it, it's not a, oh, well, Andrew will never say a Cub gets in. Scott Rowland was a much better player than Mark Grace. Much better in all categories except for hitting. 
Mark Grace was the better hitter. No doubt. No doubt in my mind Mark Grace was the better hitter. But I'm seeing things like Scott Rowland, a Hall of Famer. Sorry, don't see it. It truly has become the Hall of Very Good. Um, I'm seeing things of Scott Rowland has one top 10 finish in MVP voting. He finished fourth. Josh Donaldson at least won in MVP. Josh Donaldson, he's still playing. <laughs> um, and then I'm seeing things uh, about Mr. Mark Grace of saying, well, if you're going to put Scott Rowland in the hall, you might as well put Mark Grace. He had 407 more hits in his career. One less season, struck out 768 less times. Yeah, he was a great hitter. But uh, he was not every bit of the defender that this guy says. <laughs> Scott Rowland, he, he changed <laughs> the game defensively. He made outstanding plays more times than not. He has this, a similar amount of errors to, to a guy like Nolan Arenado. Like season-wise, if you look at Nolan Arenado's errors, that's Scott Rowland. Are you going to tell me Nolan Arenado doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Defensively, Scott Rowland did plenty to get into the Hall of Fame, and offensively, he did enough to get that vote. Mark Grace, Mark Grace fell off the ballot. Mark Grace didn't even get 5%. He couldn't even stay on. <laughs> Scott Rowland has been trending upward. He had the trajectory to get to 75%. Oh. And you're going to tell me Mark Grace, who couldn't even get, what, like 12 votes? To stay on the ballot? Deserves his spot, too, next to Scott Rowland? We're going to compare apples to oranges? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I really, really, really do. Are you one of those people like Jeff Kent? Or are you one of those people that's because you love baseball, right? And you're not afraid. We, we went into war and jaws. Oh, speaking of, let's talk about war with Scott Rowland and Mark Grace. <laughs> Ever wonder what the difference of 20 looks like? <laughs> Sorry, continue. Are, are you worried? And I don't know if baseball will ever get away from this. Although the analytics have changed. Are you worried about baseball being too stat-driven versus what did my eyes tell me? Mm-hmm. Because there are certain benchmarks and metrics that I think you have to meet for, you know, positional players that really – and I had this conversation. This was years ago. It was basically centered around Don Mattingly, right? You know, the nine good years and didn't have the power, corner, the power numbers for corner infielders and things like that and not having done it long enough. And coincidentally, you know, Todd Helton is one of those guys that's – being mentioned the very same kinds of things about offensive production versus um, having comps. Because base, the Baseball Hall of Fame is it's all about comps, it seems like, right? And we get into, like, war and jaws where, you know, and Kent went off. And I'm now, full disclosure, I'm not a Jeff Kent guy, right? I, Jeff Kent was one of those guys that was really, really hard for me to cheer for when he became a Dodger because he was a giant for so long. But I think he's a four-time Silver Slugger award winner. He's a five-time All-Star. Uh, I think he's got a 123-plus OPS. I mean, I know I'm close, right? So, But he was going back and forth. It's only because my sister's in, in California, and she's a San Francisco Giants fan. Texting back and forth with the San Francisco Chronicle about – he worries about what's going on with voting because 
it's too stat driven. What else is there in baseball where you can give these kinds of linear arguments like the litany that you just went through to defend Scott mm-hmm. Rowland? And I know it was grace that got you started because I think it's also I'm with you. I mean, I don't know if that was Google, that was on the Google search, but I didn't. I couldn't realize. I didn't want. I was wondering why that was the comp. Yeah, I I couldn't believe it. When I think I think it's Twitter. more valid for me to talk about my, Beltran for and Reggie yes, Jackson. My buddy, which I've gone ham my buddy about. He's a Phillies fan, right? And he's my age, so, but he's not like dive deep into baseball. He texted me after Scott Rowland got in and saw some certain comps, and he goes, "Hey, who's Mark Grace?" <laughs> He said, who's Mark Grace? The greatest slump buster you, ever. You don't say any – if you heard the name Scott Rowland, you wouldn't say, who's Scott Rowland? <laughs> who's I, Mark Grace? No, I, 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 don't like, think, oh, I, I don't Grace think you'd say, who's Mark Grace either, but I kind of get it. I kind of – I kind of Let me tell it. you, here's some stats for you, DB. Third baseman with 1,200-plus runs and 1,200 RBIs. Um, this is modern era since 1900, minimum of 60% of games at third base. Um, the names on this list are Adrian Beltre, who will be on the ballot next year, mm-hmm. George Brett, Chipper Jones, Eddie Matthews, Brooks Robinson, Scott Rowland, Mike Schmidt. I forgot that George Brett, Chipper Jones, Eddie Matthews, Brooks Robinson, and Mike Schmidt aren't in the Hall of Fame. So um, that, that's, that's why Scott Rowland is, is, shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Either. See, get, oh, you, get oh, your guy. Oh. Oh, wait, that's right. All five of them are in the Hall of Fame, too. What are we talking about? Who's Mark Grace? Thank you. Thank you, Shaner. He struck me as a guy that... Gracie? Yeah, Grace struck me as a guy when he came in, like the Chicago Cubs were trying to put er- put everything on his shoulders, you know, after after Ryan and all that kind of stuff, and after, after that era, towards the next era, and it didn't really pan out the way they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who's Mark Grace? <laughs> who's Mark Grace? I just and I'm not. I'm, I not, I'm, not I'm, I'm, I'm just you, looking on, and on the outside. Chicago Cubs fans, don't don't hate on me, please. I I'm with you. I could not believe the comp is what we're talking about is Mark Grace to Scott Rowland. Yeah, I don't. I mean, if you're gonna use Grace, then I think you should use Mattingly. But. I mean, that's just me because Grace was – Grace basically had – what was he, 80? Wouldn't 80- you want to comp the same position? Like, wouldn't you want to do that? Well, I think sometimes corner infielders get lumped together. But third base and first base are completely different spots. Your first baseman rests normally a traditional power hitter. I understand. That can also flash the leather. I under- At third base, you are primarily defense. Now you have to be able to pick it. But good, but good, but good teams – yeah, good teams don't have third basemen they can't hit anymore. Because, I mean, just look at some of these right. teams' lineups and – like where the prowess is in in baseball, it's like positionally, like the way that analytics has gone has gone is certain positions have to produce certain offensive numbers statistically to give your team a legitimate chance to win. There are only so many Arizona Diamondbacks or Tampa Bay Rays, excuse me, that can defy some of those offensive statistics per position and still win meaningful baseball games. Do you know what I mean? So I think. Third base has become one of those positions. Heck, it's a lot like shortstop. Like, it's no longer an excuse to not be good offensively as a middle infielder. Any position. So, like, are, are, 
think about it. Any position you have to produce offense. Well, but I also think it's different, though, Drew Down, because now when with swinging and missing being so acceptable, that I think, is true. I think you just you that just have true. to be able to hit balls hard, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's like it's either hit it four hundred feet it, or strike out. Yeah, which I'll never subscribe to. You right, know I, didn't subscribe I, to I still that? believe in productive. You know who, I still believe in productive didn't outs. Subscribe to that either, even though he struck out a ton. Scott Rowland, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> just so you know, who's Scott Rowland? I can't wait till pitchers and catchers report. I don't know if our listening audience will be all in on baseball, but I know these two guys will be. Who's I Scott Rowland? I didn't even get to half of the things I wanted to talk about. I, I don't even know who Shane Schillerberg is. <laughs> Funny. Nice shirt, though, by the way. Hey, thank you. It's fading. I got it when Scott Rowling uh, first made his way into the league, apparently. <laughs> thank, thank you, Mike Sauter, for that segment. Hey, Brian Christofferson, we're talking to you next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. If you didn't know, the Hoyas won. We are live from Hale Varsity Club, the H&H Chevrolet stage, alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and we are happy to have Brian Christofferson on the phone with us as we do every Wednesday. Brian, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Hi, BC. How are you? Career war forty three four. By the way, not too bad. Career war for what? Yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you? We're good. We are. We are. Andrew is a little fired up over, <laughs> you know, the disrespect that Scott Rowland was getting as a Hall of Famer. Was, I didn't raise my voice once. Was not happy that he got the Mark Grace comparison. I said a better Grace comparison to the Hall would be Don Mattingly, and Don Mattingly isn't in either. More home runs, only 220 less hits, 1,000 less at-bats, similar war, better slugging percentage. Mattingly's not in. He played three less seasons. I, I don't know. We, we, we get rapidly. Is there a guy like that for you with the <laughs> Twins? Is it Maurer for you? Or are you like Hall of Fame and you're, gonna, you're dying on that hill? Is there a guy like that for your Twins? No, I don't, I don't get caught up on that topic, but I – I do appreciate people who uh, who are ready to box over it. I I, I like those people, so I I say keep chatting about it all you want. Did you have I, to defend Puckett? I'm like, um, no. I see. <clears throat> I never have really gotten into like that defense. I'm like, well, whatever happens, happens. I guess it's not me that it's up for. So I'm not going <laughs> to worry too much about it. But um, I Kirby. You know, Kirby had a few things that happened after his career that kind of was unfortunate. But I, uh, Kirby was my man. There's no question about it. Kirby and Joe Maurer were, like, the two guys that, like, I grew up on. And Kent Herbeck, Kent Herbeck, who um, uh, p- pulls guys off the base in the World Series. But it's, it looked legal to me. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> BC, are you continuing to be amazed at 
Do you ever do you look at your calendar or your clock or your watch and you think, I know that there's still only 24 hours in a day. How is this staff covering so much ground in in in, in a day? Like, are are, are you kind of rechecking your calibrations at all? A little bit. It feels like uh, there's cloned uh, Matt Rules and Ed Bullies, at least. I mean, those guys seem to be everywhere, or else they, they make better time than I do, uh, the way they travel, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, yeah, you'd have to, I mean, I know Trev Alberts did his radio thing the other night, and uh, it was all glowing, as you would expect, about the new head coach when there hasn't been a game played. But I do, I do think you'd have to just say, even the skeptics, you know, two months on the job, that's all we can evaluate. Uh, it's They're just workers. I mean, they are truly grinders, but they're kind of having, it seems like they're having fun while doing it. And I do think that personality piece is important. And Trev had a line about how, you know, Nebraska football in its best days, people felt like they could see it and feel it like it was, they were right there a part of it, you know? And I do think what he was getting at is maybe a little bit of that's been lost. And when you do have your coaches that, you know, can get out in the communities like they have with such force and, uh, you know, not just like stand in a line in a hall in a high school gym, but also, you know, they're in the, they're in the little uh, dining establishments in the small towns and stuff like that. They're just getting to know everyday Nebraskans. Um, I think that that counts for something. Now, that's not going to have you beat Michigan in a year or two. I understand that. But I do think for for where we're at right now and what we can evaluate, uh, you look at the recruiting class, they're top 25 now in the 24-7 sports composite. Um, Never would have guessed that a month or two ago. And, uh, you know, their portal action is all guys who, um, you know, are from Power Five programs who, at least on paper, you'd say, "Yeah, I'm willing to give that an interest, a look of of intrigue," because uh, the, the, they they got some guys who have had good resumes as recruits. So, it's uh, it's been a good start. We're talking to Brian Christofferson, senior writer for Husker247.com. You'd toss him a follow on Twitter at Husker247BC. Brian, you talked about, uh, or you you made reference to Trev being on the radio last night and something that really stuck out to me. And we talked about it earlier on in the show was him t- talking about rules, understanding of history, but still striving for innovation and how that kind of connects back mm. to some of the best coaches that Nebraska has seen. T.O. did it with Devaney. You could say Solich did it with T.O. And now it's Matt rule doing it with both, both T.O. and Solich. Um, how does that uh, kind of, resonate with you and uh, maybe just the average Husker fan and what they can expect early on from this coaching staff? Yeah, that's a really good question, uh, Andrew. Um, I think it's crucial that you do say, you're new here and you say, I understand what the history is and I love that about this place. I love this is a place that respects um, certain traditions and certain memories, and, and you hold on to those. It's not like you just have to forget about them. At the same point, um, the landscape of college football, we all know, has changed so dramatically. You've got to find what are the advantages of today. Like maybe three or four decades ago, um, it was getting ahead in strength and conditioning, which Nebraska did. And that's one of the things when you talk about Tom Osborne of yesteryear being a, an innovator as a coach, 
um, it was there. I mean, that was a big spot. But he did other things that were innovative, like even things that are small, like Tom would play in the kickoff classic, and they would get you know a lot of extra money to play in that game before other people were doing it. Nebraska played in it a few times. And uh, they put that toward, like, strength and conditioning and things like that. And so he, he was always thinking about what's a way we can help ourselves both, uh, you know, financially and other things. And, um, you know, now we're probably talking more um, about um, NIL and stuff like that. But not only that, it's like uh, I've heard Matt Rule discuss, like, recovery of the athlete, like the body recovery. And, yeah, how you about know, that? Like getting them in the best yeah, I just think stuff like that is you're kind of taking it a different angle, like that's not always talked about as much in public. And you're saying these are little key areas we know is important to the everyday athlete. Like, you're, yeah, you're going to get beat up playing this game, but we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you mentally and physically. And these are the ways we're going to do it with this new facility and all this. And um, of course, the NIL component matters. Um, so I, I think that. Uh, there definitely has been um, respect for what's been. He's, it, it's been said that Matt Rules talked to, you know, uh, Coach Tom and Frank Solich each a couple times at least. Um, so he's had those conversations. But I think those guys would also be the first to say, yeah, you got to sort of do it your way too and see what's the next thing where you can get an edge because that's the, that's the only way Nebraska football's. I mean, that's why it's been great. Uh, there's obviously been a lot of athletes who have uh, toiled and given a lot to the program, but it was also just great thinking at the top that said, this is how we are a step in front of our neighbors, and and Nebraska's got to find that again. BC, what do you think it is, because you mentioned Coach Solich, and of course that that, uh, gets me going, um, because he is, that's my favorite. But it's the first time I've heard administration reference hey this is probably a guy you need to talk to right he kind of he just kind of gets overlooked unless we're arguing about what should or shouldn't have happened in 04 right so what do you think it is about Trev where he has made such a concerted effort to connect with coach Solich to make sure that he feels as though he has the opportunity to be as much of a part of Nebraska as 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 he deems fit. Well, it probably helps. I would have to say that Trev's not an outsider in this case. I do think that's probably useful. That like you know he was there in that program, and 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 obviously Coach Solich knows who he he is as a player in person and all that stuff. And so you know that gets you in the front door as far as the conversation where there's. Uh, you know, there's a there's more of a background understanding of each person when they're talking, so that that probably helps. I I would guess also that you know Frank was busy coaching for a long time, and, and I understand that. Like he he's trying to win uh, up until a couple of years ago every week himself, and that's his focus, and he put everything into that. And so your mind is kind of there, and you kind of just have to keep on that path and now maybe there's a little time to look back at some things throughout his career and I bet there's I hope there's people that are talking to him that are saying you know you're beloved here and I I would hope he understands that because I I really think he is and yes there was a lot of debate for a while about what should have happened or shouldn't have happened when he was the head coach but I mean that's 
we're that's twenty years gone now, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're to that we're to the point where I mean, and not we're not just talking about a guy who was the head coach. We're talking about a guy who played here and was a freshman coach and was an assistant on the national title teams. That's a guy who should be about as beloved as any Husker has been that's been associated with that program when you actually think about all the years that were spent in it. Um, and, and I think most fans understand that, and hopefully Frank does. Um, it, it seems like the door's been opening wider and wider, and you know I'm like everybody else who it would, it would be an emotional day uh, for him to come back some Saturday and be recognized and to, to see how that place would explode because I think it would. You know what makes my my heart kind of um, skip a little bit is you know, I was talking to uh, Rashawn Jackson yesterday. And a couple days before that I was talking to a, a, another former guy and, and we were just talking about you know, eras we would like to play in and, you know, uh, catching up with Amon. We're going to sit down with him and, and peel back some layers of the onion. And, you know, one of the things that really gets me going that I think is was missing, but I hope it's in Coach Rule just because of his personality with regards to Coach Solich is he was so tough, right, he, mentally mm-hmm. tough, physically tough he trained with us he taught us to be okay with cheering for somebody else if they beat you out or they were better than you how to practice and i and i and i and when i think about that it makes me emotional because i wonder like where i would be if he didn't get me to come out of the backside of physical and mental toughness. I think that's his most underappreciated tool when we talk about all the what should and shouldn't have happened. He mm-hmm. taught resolve, man. Like, that's the thing I love him the most for. Not to go all Coach yeah. Solich out. <laughs> no. Well, I, I, I think that's the part, too, where, you know, there are – factions of the fan base who when they hear the head coaches talking to, to Tom or Frank or anybody they're like okay come on you know there you do hear those people that are like what let's just let's move on past that and I'm not one of those and what you're talking about is where you know th- that coaching fraternity is a special bond I mean I remember like when uh when Matt Rule did his his interview with with Will Compton and those guys, he talked about how uh, Brad Childress, who he didn't even know, former coach of the Vikings, uh, messaged him out of the blue after he got fired at Carolina, and says, "Matt, you're going to be a better coach for this." And there's that support. It's it's that support of I've been in that chair. I know the strain that goes with it. I know the highs and the lows, and I can connect you on this, that just people on the outside, they might think they can, but they just don't know it until they've been in it. And so to me, when I hear that the Husker head coach is talking to a past guy who's been in that seat, I would say, of course. Of course they should. I mean, they, there's only like a few people who know what it's like to be there, to sit in that spot, to know what that's like every day with, you know, you're one of the you're the most recognizable name in the state, more than the governor. It's just that way here, and to uh, live that and and do it well, I would of course I would pick their brains, and you're picking the brains of guys who also 
I don't think would ever say live live just like I did it, you know, like you gotta, you gotta, this is the template exactly like this. They know it's changed and that's the, because those guys were innovators themselves and they know that the, there's always something that's moving it a little bit forward and you got to find that. But there are some basic tenets you can get from those guys in conversations that I would guess are very useful. Brian, at every stop so far for Matt Rule, it's always been a slow burn. It starts, it starts poor, and then it gradually gets better. But on Bussin' with the Boys yesterday, Rule said, I don't want this to be a slow burn. I feel like that year was last year. Mm. Do you feel that puts Rule at an advantage uh, in year one at Nebraska? Yeah, I think compared to his other stops, definitely so. And um, I think they're very – I mean, just, this is just listening to their quotes. I don't think I'm taking a leap here. They're pleasantly surprised at what's here already. I mean, they, that's the biggest part, I think. Yes, they've added some transfer pieces that you're optimistic you can plug in and, and can and give you another step. But, I mean, like, listen to Evan Cooper when he was up in front of the media talking about the DBs, and then you start to go through the secondary. Well, he's got, like, he's yeah, got he's the best room. He's got the best room, though. <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, like, I, I know. But, I mean, got dudes, but even even wide receiver, Damon, you could go to wide receiver now, and that's. A, I'll put a question mark on it until it's not, because that, that's the way it should be. But there's guys there. You're like, that's interesting. Like they they that oh, yeah. could be yeah. something. You know, like you you think about Xavier and Isaiah. We we've talked about those guys, but you know, just the Billy Kemp. You know, popping in with the pretty good resume from Virginia and Marcus Washington I think probably has a lot to prove I mean I just think and you could go to running back you could say well like gosh that that is that when AJ facts go ahead good room BC not to interrupt you I apologize but you're right that that running back room and plus I love Barthel like that's a deep room (laughs) that's a that could be a sneaky good room man yeah so I mean, I use the best room probably off the bat, but you can go through and you're like, okay, that's pretty interesting. And that there, there's something that's been there that, that you know, um, QB. I mean, it's, it, across the board, there's, there's spots where it makes you sit up in your chair a little bit and say, it feels like they've got talent that's close. They're on the surface a little bit. They just got to pop through. And I think they see some of that. Now, they're not, I don't think they're expecting the moon in the first year or anything, and there's got to be patience with it. But honestly, it's not as hard to win six games in college football as it's been made around here. We also need to come to that conclusion. Like sometimes you get, <laughs> someone will say, I think they could win. Yeah, you'll hear someone say, I think they could win six or seven next year, and then they get like, shushed. Like, go to the corner. Like, how dare you say, have you seen them? They haven't. It's like a lot of people can win six or seven games. They can certainly do it a place with the resources Nebraska has if a few things were put together and you had the right people putting them together. So, yeah, I think it's very realistic for that to happen. And if someone thinks that's an out-there out opinion, I'd be like, look around college football. There's like 80 teams that make a bowl game. For some reason, Nebraska hasn't in six years. That drought needs to end, and it needs to end this year. BC, I don't want to uh, – you're good at not playing the hype game, so I'm asking you, <laughs> how much or how portable – because Coach Rule referenced it. You know, you talk about – you watch Nebraska beat Iowa in a game in which they didn't 
you know, they've been awful against Iowa up until that point. Didn't have anything to play for other than pride, and I say that tongue-in-cheek because you know that's a big deal to me. Iowa had everything to play for. Then Iowa goes and they roll in the bowl games, um, so they're still motivated. How much of what Nebraska showed at the end of last year helps this staff or gets this staff to believe or even us, the fan base, to think, you know what? With with more coaching and a few better players, the resolve seems to be there. Do you think that? Or is that a different time period? We're now in 2023. I think you got to hit reset a little with each squad. But, I mean, there are there – are, there's a good number of guys still back that were out on the field, and they, they got that taste. I think it was a big deal. So they could return eight defensive starters. starters. Yeah, that's the part. Like, it's a pretty experienced defense that's actually coming back for Nebraska. Now, there's a spot or two where you worry yeah. a decent amount about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's the part where you wonder, okay, can they find that and really be like a top 40-type defense? Or are they going to be more, you know, middling than that even? This might be a small thing. I don't think it is. You know, around here we used to make – I think people used to make fun sort of of the trophy games the Big Ten has and all that stuff. And uh, then you would see Iowa run across Nebraska's field, uh, you know, <laughs> and have a party in your end zone holding up this whatever. It could be anything. It could be a milk carton they're playing for. But they're holding in the air, and they have it, and you don't on your field. And it ticks you off. I mean, if you're, I would have to think of it. For Nebraska to go get one of those, I think it was a big deal to be on the field when that happened and for guys to go experience that and, like, like, you know, they went down the front row with that thing and showed it to the crowd, and it was just like, okay, I see it. This is, I, this is big. Let's not give this back. I think there are going to be guys who got a taste of that in that particular setting, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be something to them now, it's gonna, and it, it's going to help. Like, I don't want to give that back. I don't want to see them do that on my turf. So. I think stuff like that, it's maybe just a very small sliver of the pie. Maybe it's just even a crumb. But there's all sorts of little crumbs like that that are important, I think, from some late-season success that when you can transfer it over, and maybe that's one of them. We're talking to Brian Christofferson, senior writer for Husker247.com. Brian, as you talk about going out and getting something that you want, that is something Nebraska did last week when getting Eric Gilbert and adding to that tight end room. But – and you can you can say Eric Gilbert's the guy, and that's cool too, but based on what they have in the room already and how they keep growing that tight end room, do you see Eric Gilbert being the guy, or do you like somebody else that's already been there, done that with the program? Or how do you kind of, in your mind, how do you kind of see the tight end situation working out? Eight scholarship guys, and we blinked. Remember when we were like, <gasps> right. Yeah, I think everybody there. I, everybody there should right now be thinking that can be me. Mm. I think that's the first part. I mean, there's a there's a there's a new sheriff in town in that room. A guy who's been a head coach in Bob Wager, and um, you know he, he'll probably have certain expectations that maybe are even a little different than they've had, and and that can be a good thing too. Um, I'm not for any in any way going to write off like. Thomas Fedone or somebody like that if he can get fully healthy because I do know before he got injured both times he was 
and it's practice, I get it. It's the season of fluff and all that. But there was excitement about how he was starting to come along. And so I haven't forgotten that. So if he can get fully healthy and is invested in uh, the way I, he seems to have been, uh, even when he was injured, I think he could be a real threat in this conversation. I think Borkercher's a, Me too. a good player. Like, Me too. Yeah, I, I think sometimes, you know, a guy will have a drop or two in his first year, and there, you know, there's a few plays you remember, and so it's kind of like this. There's this little cloud around him, like, okay, I don't know, but you got to remember, he's a first. He was basically a freshman or whatever last year, so um, he was playing a lot of snaps, um, probably earlier than most guys would. So he's a he's a guy that you would expect in another year or two is going to be really solid. So I, I think he can be, uh, but. Back to your question, I, I think Gilbert, with his, there's a reason he was the number five overall recruit in that class. Like, his skill set and frame is ridiculous. I mean, he's like a defensive end who can run routes um, and, and be a problem matchup. So if, he's, if, if he has his stuff together off the field and can really find it with the staff, uh, what they want, and, and just focus in on football then, his talents will be fine, and he'll be the top guy, I think, if that's the case. So it, uh, it's going to be – it'll be fun, though. Could it all of a sudden be a deep room, BC? <laughs> I would say, yeah, but uh, I it, that's the fascination with this team. You could look at every position group and say they're not – they're basically put a question mark by them now, but could it be deep? Could it be pretty solid? Yeah, you can almost do that across the board. So that's what makes it pretty uh, – pretty fun going into the spring. Brian, appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, B. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Kevin Suits up next. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back. Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Happy to have you with us wherever you are catching us currently, whether that's 590 AM ESPN Omaha, 1480 AM ESPN Lincoln. We're live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. Ta-ta. And we're talking to Kevin Suits. You like that rhyme? YouTube Suits. Kevin Suits I just up know, right now. I just know I'm going to feel better after I talk to him. <laughs> Kevin liked the comparison. They're like a little rhyme for his name. Kevin, good morning. Good morning. How are you, gentlemen? I'm good. I, I have to we're know good. right away because, I listen, we were, like, we were like kindred spirits. You tweeted out the picture of the ceiling fan and the light, and – I've been the YouTube guy. It took me three hours to fix the garage, as our producer can attest to, and I finally watched the YouTube video because that's what everybody told me to do. But I am so interested in the ceiling fan phenomenon because we need one, and I'm afraid to, like, get into it. But Twitter was beautiful, man. They, like, were helping you out. Is it 
you're like, man, this is what Twitter should be like. <laughs> you know, there is good that can come from Twitter. It's not this just horrible place where people smear each other. <laughs> Except for the Mark Gray it, stuff. It, it, it's, it's like you walk into this room where sometimes we're awkward at the hardware store. We don't want to talk to people. At Twitter, you throw out a question, and there are 50 people yep. willing to offer their opinion and help you. <laughs> it's amazing. Did you get the light switch figured out? No. God, I was fe- I'm like, I hope it, it works. I hope here's it works. The deal. Here's the deal, DB. So I have the right tools. Okay. I took it apart. I watched probably a dozen YouTube videos. And for those that don't know, the ceiling fan works. The light does not. They're on separate switches. And my wife went to turn the light on one day. It flickered, and it's gone. Hasn't turned on since. So when we walk in the room at night, it's dark. There's no way to walk into a lit room outside of our cell phone light. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. I take the thing apart after watching all these YouTube videos. I'm pretty confident in what I think it is. Which is phenomenal, by the way, up to this point. It's a lot of wires. (laughs) I, I take it apart. I have the wire cutters in my hand. And I just have this moment of panic and fear that I'm going to cut the wrong one. So I stopped. I, I was right there, ready to go. And I cut the red wire. Like I, cut the, I, I think it's do. blue. Cut the blue. Cut the red. No, I Jack Bauer red. does it. <laughs> and so right now it is put back together, but where it was a week ago. Hey, like it, it doesn't work. Hey, Kevin, if you want to put together my couch legs, feel free because there are no holes on the bottom, and I am struggling at home right now. Bob Vila Men's Hour brought to you by Kevin Suits. <laughs> right. And the funny thing is, like, I am one of the least handy people in Same. the Same. Like, Everybody I, raises their hand. Tearing a little hole in the wall is a struggle for me. And more times than not, when I try something at home, it becomes, I, I, I just worsen the problem. It gets worse. So that's the fear of this. It's electricity. And uh, yes, just for everybody wondering, I killed the power in the room. There was no live wires. I wasn't about to die. Um, but I was there. You guys could probably picture it. I'm standing on top of my bed with like uh, a hoodie and jeans on. And I got the wire cutters. Wires are everywhere. I'm ready to go. Here's the moment. And then... I punted. <laughs> Tongue out to the side I'm of your mouth. I'm telling you. One uh, eye squinted. Uh, oh. <laughs> Kevin, I, I got to ask you because you're always kind of, you, you know, you're never too high. You're never too low. You don't get, you <laughs> sure, don't, you don't get down into the weeds. Like, what is it about what this staff has done, even though I know we're skeptical, Kevin? We've been burned. We've seen good guys. We've we're all excited. What? How is Coach Rule and this staff like got back in that protected place known as our hearts again? Well, I was just going to say that they've hit our hearts. They've done things that people in Nebraska hold really high, and that is Nebraskans and places. You know, there's a lot of uh, towns, venues, uh, restaurants. It seems like they're everywhere. So. They've quickly, within a span of, what, a month and a half, two months, they've become what would appear one of us. It's not a group of guys that have hardly any ties to Nebraska, if at all. They're like, that's gone now. They're, they're hanging out in Sterling. You know, they're making the rounds in Omaha regularly. Going over to Lincoln High within the first week. Yeah. I mean, right that's off the some bat. good stuff. Yeah. And, and even, you know, Ed Foley tweeting a picture of a, 
what was it, a cheese-covered sandwich in Grand Island? <laughs> like, you know how many people saw that and were like, I've had that same sandwich at the same place. Cody like, was tweeting tasty cakes. <laughs> whatever. He can, oh, and, and let's not leave this out. Going into the home of the Fultzes yeah. and the, pic, the picture of Ed and Gerald together, yeah. that brought a tear to my eye. Yeah. Like, they they probably had to get on Wikipedia and watch some videos of, you know, who who is this young man that passed and what did he mean? Mm. You're telling me that that was one of their priorities within the first two months on the job? It was. And so they, they've just attacked the hearts of the fan base, and it is good. And so football-wise, notwithstanding, they've done everything to try to win over these fans. Not that they even had to win them over. So, so, okay, let me take it one step further. So even like, if, let's say I'm skeptical, right? Oh, they're just going to say all the right things. And, you know, they, they hit the, uh, the eye back phrase. They hit the tight end phrase. Okay, they've done the, the history, the, the, the Coach Solitz, the Coach Osborne, all of that, right? Which, by the way, the Coach Solitz thing was fantastic because no coaches ever really go out of the way to do that. But how about, do you agree that people much rather, it's easy to say the right thing. But they're actually putting time, like the effort, like they're moving, they're traveling. They, they don't appear – it's almost like they have more hours in the day than we do, right? Is, is that part of it too because they look like they're working hard? That's a Nebraska thing. Yeah, that's a great point, DB. Um, there, there is meat behind what their, their words are, and I think that – this is coming on the heels of a uh, of an era in which sometimes words rang kind of hollow, and so and, and you mentioned the hours in the day thing. What what time does, does Ed Foley's buzz like <laughs> alarm go off? I have no no does idea. The dude sleep? Yeah. yeah. Did you see you know, the Battle it, Creek photo today? I it, it was before I woke up. Right. Like, <laughs> what? How is this happening? And you know, we can all respect people that work really hard. Now, granted, some of his quote-unquote hard work right now is just going places, shaking hands, and buying a cup of coffee. But that, that's a part of his job mm-hmm. is to build relationships, and, and this staff puts such high value on relationships, and I think that's an important um, aspect of this. You Remember when Coach Rule was introduced, he said that he wanted to get out in the community. That wasn't just him. That's his entire staff. They're kind of walking in line with that being one of Matt's missions, and they're doing it as well. And, man, those are just all – all these little things just add up in the right direction. And who knows what the football is going to look like. We are so far from even uh, a, a spring practice. But yeah, everything yeah. right now, is, for those people that had guarded hearts with the new, new staff, and I'll raise my hand, I'm one of them. How smart They're do- making it really hard – to, to pump the brakes on, on really just falling in love with the staff. How smart do you look three weeks later when you said, let me reserve judgment after the hack tournament on the best team in Lincoln. <laughs> Man, what a round robin. Three, week, three and a half weeks later, Kevin, no pressure. Do you feel like you have a better handle? Because all of a sudden, here comes Pius. Here comes Lincoln East. Uh, Southwest maybe has the most pieces. Southeast, we know about their talent. We get Coach Baugh on Friday, so I'm excited to pick his brain. But who, do you feel any closer to who you think's the most well-rounded team in Lincoln yet? I am more confused than I was <laughs> two or three weeks ago. Uh, I would have gone – you know, 
I would have probably said Lincoln East, but then last night happened. Yep. You know, they got beat by 19 at home against Lincoln Southeast. Or, excuse me, they were on the road. road. Um, but East, they kind of, when they shoot it, well, they're as good as anybody in the city. And, and get this. So of these six LPS schools, five of them have nine wins. The other one, Lincoln High, has 10. Pius has 12. Yeah. So everybody's in the conversation. And I even did that little chain reaction thing at one point one day at my desk at work. And I was like, all right, so Lincoln High won the hack, but Lincoln High lost to, you know, Lincoln uh, Southwest, who lost to Lincoln. You can connect them all. It's a vicious circle. They're all kind of the same. And you really don't know who the quote-unquote best team is. They're all good. Mm. And I even made this comment off air last night. I would like to go back and count up the number of dunks we've had on the nightly highlights. (laughs) (laughs) This is an all-time record, without question, in my 17 years at 10-11. And I think that we're on pace to absolutely shatter the record because we're getting five, six, seven dunks a night on the newscast. So good, Kevin. Kevin, you're the man. We We appreciate it. it. All right. Be well, guys. Thanks. You too. Two for you. Up next, call in 888-638-4876. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back. 888-638-4876 to get involved in the game. We're playing two for you presented by Dingman's, Dingman's Collision Center, the only place to take your car whenever something is wrong. Maybe it's right. Maybe you just want to go to Dingman's to say hello. Who knows? <laughs> hello. But if uh, things aren't going too well, you head over to Dingman's because they've been in the business for over 25 years, plus they're local and we support local. They work on all makes and models from Fords to Teslas. I talk about it all the time. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you again that they have this give back program there, which I am just head over heels for. Um, there's not a lot of businesses that will just put their money toward charity, um, a charity of your choice, of your choosing based on what they have in front of you. There's not many that just do that. Mm-hmm. Like th- there, there are company, every company out there contributes to charity, but not all do it every day. Mm. And that's what Dingman's is all about. They have four locations through the metro area, along with that standalone mechanical shop at 120th and Maple. If you have a problem with your car, head over to Dingman's. They'll take care of you. Go, go to dingmans.com to learn more. Now, before we get to the game, I'm told we have to go to line one and talk to Absolute, Random Mike because absolutely. DB is a big uber fan. excited <laughs> to talk to Mike, random Mike, I should say. He random earned, Mike. He, he earned the nickname. Random Mike, good morning, man. How are you? Damon, you know I love you. Oh. So, like, I'm excited. It probably means more to me than it does you, man. It's good to hear from you. <laughs> uh, look, Scott, I'm calling. I'm hearing, I'm hearing the feedback when I'm talking here. Shane, uh, can you help us I with the feedback? Like uh, no, but uh, just, just, just continue to <laughs> All right, let me turn this down here. It. We're working through it, Mike. We're working through it. Uh, hey, Ben, can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you just fine. Scott Rowland, <laughs> and I know you were a multi-sport guy. Yeah. If, if, if you haven't seen this, people that are listening, 
Google Scott Rowland defensive highlights. There's a couple videos, three minutes and five minutes. It's breathtaking. And this guy was like 6'4", 250. Big guy. Big guy. Multi-sport. Mike, what, what made you go down that rabbit hole? Oh, well, I'm a split-step tennis guy. And this guy, maybe the greatest third baseman defensively ever, and he did the tennis split step. That allowed him to get that explosive jump to make plays. But the other reason I'm calling you is to ask you about another multi-sport guy, Cam Kozel. Oh, he's fantastic, Mike. How would he have done if uh, he decided to play quarterback in college? You know, he could. There's always, there's always. You know why there's always going to be some. That's great. You because I think he's fantastic. You know why I like him? He's competitive. So wherever you put Cam, he's going to find a way to win. He is something else. Just watch him. I know he rakes. He's a great baseball player, but he was without question. The difference in that football team. He just made plays. You could put him wherever, Mike, and he'll find a way to function. How about that one play? And it reminded me of the play Cole Payton made in the championship game in high school where he breaks like three tackles oh. and then makes a great throw down the field. Yeah, broke our heart. No, Nobody else in, in, is making that play. He's so strong, and he's got those big legs, and, and he's got a good arm too. So it's like you, you think you got it covered, and – that was almost good enough to, to win. Let me ask you something real quick here, Mike. What are What's Nebraska going to do without Widener right now? That broke my heart. Oh. And she did it on a hunter play. Same. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in that Maryland game, we killed them the first time, and they could not stop her. She could penetrate at will. She made a bunch. She, she almost had a triple-double. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, because what they score, they scored 14 points. Right. It's six in the first quarter and eight in the second, and you're thinking – uh-oh, uh, they're going to have a hard time putting a biscuit in the basket. Are you, yeah, are, are, you, you know, are you still excited for the season without her? Because, I mean, they've been ravaged by injuries. Both teams. Yeah, no doubt. How about the men's team ravaged right. by injuries? Yeah. What, so I think Northwestern is pretty good. I've been selling Andrew on this on the last couple of weeks. You think Nebraska could steal one tonight? I have no idea who's going to guard Audige, but <laughs> you think they could steal one tonight, Mike? Oh, definitely. And uh, look, the three-point shot, I mean, from what you hear, there are guys that make three-pointers all the time in practice, uh, but they can't even make free throws in the game. Yeah. I mean, we had two guys in, in the last game that were one for nine at free throws. Yeah. Oh. Mike, you're the best, man. You call us anytime, okay, buddy? Take care, bud. Good to hear from you. He's awesome. Thank God he sided with Scott Rowland. Hey, let's play the game. <laughs> Don't need to go down that rabbit hole again. Shader, you got some music so for us? Mad, Thanks. though. What's up? Split step in tennis. Yeah. We should have asked him about the Aussie Open. Mike sure. could host the show. Yeah. You need a co-host? He's your guy. All right. Trent, you're on line one. Trent, it seems like we have you every Wednesday. What's up, Trent? Hey, good morning. How are you? Trent, hey, have, good. You, have you had the wings with the, with the breading yet? The wings with the breading, not yet. Not yet. All right, if you if we can win you some money, come in here and order the wings, whatever flavor of your choice. Get the breading and then call us back. I want to talk. Good deal. All right, buddy. Hey, who do you want? Two people on the show. You pick them. All right, give me give me a rundown again. It's Andrew, Andrew, DB, and Shane. Oh, I want 
Oh, give me DB and Shane. Oh, <laughs> yes. dang it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Is this the thing that I have to write stuff down? Yes. yes. Turd burglar. Shane, I, I told you this during the break. Yes, that's what it is. I not paying any attention. Get it together, Shane. Let's win um, DB, choose one, two, three, or four. Uh, give me my high school number three. Question number one. A coffee shop. I shouldn't say question. A coffee shop? A coffee shop. Okay. A gaming console. Again, not a video game, a gaming console. Okay, not to be confused with console. A fruit. Ooh. You call them fruitcake. Uh, <laughs> Can't say shame. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's tough. That's so wrong. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> All right, go. Was I supposed to be writing these down? Uh, idiot. <laughs> and a hotel in Vegas. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to get that. Oh. <laughs> the great. Good confidence over there. All right. You guys ready? I can't even spell it. Oh. What are you writing down? Oh, I see why you can't spell it. What is he writing? This. All right. All right, let's do this. Okay, okay. There's yeah, no good, way. Good idea to write that down. Way to change. Um, all right. On one. You guys say it. Ready? A coffee shop. Three, two, one. Scooters. Starbucks. Damn oh, my goodness. And my best bud, I should have said Scooters because that's his. That's our old place. Our and, old that's, life. And, I, and that's my guy, too. Uh, shame on me. I, I own that. A gaming council. Three, two, one. PlayStation. PlayStation. Darcy? Shane. Darcy. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> A fruit. Oh, boy. Three, two, one. Apple. Orange. Apples, apples to oranges. Your, apples are your dig. Gosh. <laughs> DB, where are you? Orange? I mean... We, I did just have the orange drink yesterday, but apples. I was thinking apples Celsius. Oh. We got, hey, remember and we got recency. Into or, and we got into orange flavor. <laughs> yep, yep. Remember recency, though. I said Butler. You said Georgetown. Go Hoyas, I guess. Did they win? Hey, Hoyas win. Hoyas win. <laughs> all right, now we got to win him some money. Hey, Trent, it all comes down to this. $10 gift card to Hale Varsity Club on the line, and it's going to be a tough question. A hotel in Vegas. Three, two, one. Elijah. Caesars. Trent, I'm sorry, man. Gosh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. It had to be Bellagio there. <laughs> it had to be Bellagio. So you're a Bellagio wow. guy, Trent? No, I just, I for sure knew it whenever he said he couldn't spell it. Uh, so I didn't see. think he would know how to spell Caesars either. Oh. You know, yeah, it is bad. it is Shane, I'm telling you. Like, how do you spell some... New York, New York? And Caesars, your guy, I probably should have had that. I just think boxing. I was thinking Planet. I would have said Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay. It, I want to say MGM Graham, but once he said he couldn't spell it, I'm like, who can't spell MGM? Yeah. <laughs> Except mm -hmm. for Shay. No, I can't, I can't spell Graham. <laughs> man, all right, thanks. Hey, Trent, thanks for the call, man. Are we ever going to yeah, win? Yeah, I appreciate it. You guys have a good one. Thanks. You too, man. Are we ever going to win Trent any money? But maybe, someday. I, wanna, I want somebody to win 40 bucks so they can get a couple of things that I want them to get. Well, give us a call, 888-638-4876. Did you see the po potato and pancetta pizza? No, was it? Did it look fire, dude? Well, I guess you wouldn't bring it up if it didn't look good. Yeah, I took a double take. You're it's like, just creative, like it's just. What's that there? It's it's just creative. 
It is. Shane Bellagio. Yeah, I don't know. How hey, to let's spell play that. another round. How do you spell that? Hey, how much time do we have left, Shane? We're almost done, aren't we? Yeah, about a minute. Oh, okay. Well, they can't play another round. No. Well, you get 90 seconds. Go. Go? Yeah, do at least two. Two okay. or three. All right. Shane just likes laughing at himself. I'm assuming this is DB and I because you don't want to yep. play? Yep. <laughs> hey, DB, let's do an NFL playoff team. Okay. Currently. Okay. Let's do a current NFL playoff team. Can you just team. do it? Can you just name it right afterwards? Three, two, one? No. A player on the Bengals not named Joe Burrow. Okay. Uh, something you'd see at a football game. Okay. And a word that rhymes with super. Like Mark Duper? <laughs> okay. Um, okay, ready? A, a current NFL playoff team. Three, two, one. Chiefs. Chiefs. Should have picked us, Trent. A player not named Joe Burrow on the Bengals. Three, two, one. Jamar. Chase. Same person. Same person. It's the same person. It's Jamar Chase, Shane. <laughs> um, something you'd see at a football game. Three, two, one. Officials. Players. I thought about it. Darn it. That's the same person. <laughs> and uh, something that rhymes with super. Three, two, one. Stuper. Oh. <laughs> we don't want him 10 bucks, though, right? We would have won him 10 bucks. That's a win. That's a W for DB and I, but not for you out there. But, hey, it was a win because you got some coffee and cream this morning, like you do every morning throughout the week. We'll do it all again tomorrow.